And there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are free from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. And she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? Ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on this Sabbath day? As he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. Pray with me for a moment as I share in some concluding thoughts on faith as we come this series. I'll bring the series to an end. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence that is permeating here. Thank you for your presence that's at crash. Thank you for your presence at youth. Thank you for your presence at Beacon Kids. Thank you for your presence at Beacon Explorers. Thank you for your presence, every person who is watching online. Thank you for your presence and every person that will re-watch this broadcast on our media channels. Thank you that you are still in the business of setting people free. And today we declare your freedom in this house by the power of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus was the greatest liberator of women ever known. In a time where women were considered uh, not to have a place in society like men had, at a time when women uh, were, certain women with certain conditions uh, in society um, would say, well, don't even talk to them, don't even associate with them, don't even touch them. And uh, women were devalued and women were not given the proper value that they deserve and they are uh, they are worthy of because God did not create men to be superior than women. The Bible says God made man male and female. He created them. So there is incredible value and worth for every individual. That is why if you will look at the writings in the Bible from that time, you will find there's not many books that talk about how much somebody has done for women like the way Jesus has. And this is one of those stories in the Bible, again, where uh, Luke, who was a physician, a doctor, focuses on yet another act that Jesus does to empower and bring freedom to a woman. And uh, there is no other book in the Bible that focuses more on what Jesus has done for women other than the book of Luke. And uh, he's brought out some brilliant stories of what Jesus has done. So the story goes like this, that Jesus was not there to heal women. Jesus was not there to bring freedom to women. women. Jesus was actually there teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. That's what he was there for. He was there to do what I'm doing right now. And while he was teaching, while he was there, 
There was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. Jesus saw her. He called her over and said to her, woman, you are free. Jesus was willing to top, stop sermons at a church on a Sunday morning to empower and free women. And I want to tell you, especially if you are a woman here, a lady, a girl, a young woman, um, whoever you are, and you've had a history where you've been devalued, put down, abused, rejected, I want to tell you the Jesus we worship is not the experience you have had. In Beacon Church, if you are a woman, I want to tell you we value you, we honor you, we champion you, and we appreciate you because that is who Jesus is. If he was willing to stop a sermon to bring women forward, a woman that society would have considered worthless, of no value, because the Bible says she was bent over, she was like that for 18 years. And on a Sabbath day, he heals her. The leader of the synagogue, the people who were religious leaders of the time, were unhappy that Jesus had done this act on the Sabbath. So he makes an announcement. The leader of synagogue comes up and says, hey, there's lots of days where you can come and get healed. Um, please come on another day. Don't come on the Sabbath to get healed. Jesus stands up and defends this woman's right to be healed on a Sabbath and says, you hypocrites. If you had oxen at home, in those days, most of the economy ran around farming. Um, and if you had oxen at home, if it was a Sabbath and your oxen, your ox, your, 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 your sheep, your cows, whatever you had at home was, was thirsty, would you not untie that cow, uh, that ox, and take it and give it a drink? And if that's something, that's, if that's the way you can treat an ox at home, uh, if that's the way you can treat your cows, should not this woman, this daughter of Abraham, be healed on the Sabbath day? And he goes on to heal her. And then the Bible says they were amazed and glorified God at what God had done. Now, just to clarify what this has to do with faith, I want to read a verse from Galatians chapter 3 so you understand what it means to be a daughter of Abraham or a son of Abraham. This is what it says in Galatians 3 and verse 7. Know then that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham. Hands up if you've ever had a nickname at school. Few of you. The rest of you haven't. Oh, I thought there'd be more of you. You see, sometimes when you go to school and you do certain things, um, people begin to name you. People begin to call you after an incident. People begin to call you after a character trait. People begin to call you after something you usually do. In the Bible, in, especially in the New Covenant, anytime you see the phrase son of Abraham or daughter of Abraham, it's really talking about somebody who has faith. And it's kind of like a nickname for somebody who has faith. Why is it a nickname? Because uh, we're not really saying that your dad's name is Abraham. That's not what the Bible is saying. What the Bible is saying is just like the DNA Abraham possessed. Abraham was a man who was so old he couldn't have children anymore. His wife could not have children anymore. But he believed that he was going to have a child because God had promised and he was faithful to keep his promise. And so we are also called sons of Abraham or daughters of Abraham. So in this story, it's not that this woman's dad's name was Abraham, but this woman was a woman of faith. And so today I want to tell you that the story has all to do with faith because Jesus looks at her and addresses her as a daughter of Abraham, meaning somebody who carries faith. 
I don't care how impossible the situation is in your life right now. If you have faith in your heart, God has something to say about it. He will do something about it. And it is not the way, it's not going to turn out the way you expect it to. Your future is going to turn out the way the promises of God dictate it to be. And you've got to believe that because that is the reality. Did you know that the promises of God are greater as a reality in your life? They're a greater reality than all the feelings and the experiences that you have. So can I encourage you to focus on Jesus? The Bible says the kingdom we've received is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The government will shake Finances will shake, the economy will shake, the NHS will shake, the schooling system will shake, everything around you can shake. There is one thing that will not be shaken, cannot be shaken, has not ever been shaken, and that is the kingdom of God, and that is what you have received in your life as faith, because you have put your trust in Jesus. So, if you are a daughter of Abraham, if you are a son of Abraham, if you are a person of faith, I want to tell you what it looks like to walk in your Sabbath day. Let me also explain to you what it means to, what the word Sabbath means. The first time the word Sabbath, or in Hebrew Shabbat, ever appeared was in Genesis chapter 2, where it says God rested from his labors. But the first time the word Sabbath was appeared, not to apply to God, but to apply to people, was in Exodus chapter 16. This is what the story says. It says that um, the nation of Israel was hungry. So they said, God, we'd love some food. So they said, God, we'd love some food, please. God said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rain bread from heaven, right? True story. I'm going to rain bread from heaven. And, um, and, uh, and so I'm going to rain it on the first day and rain it on the second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. Here's what I'm going to do on the sixth day. On the sixth day, I'm going to rain down double of what you need. And so on the sixth day, you have to gather double of what you need because on the seventh day, I don't want you to gather. And for the first time, God uses the word holy. He says, the Sabbath is holy. It means it's set apart. On this day, I don't want you to do any work because on the sixth day, you gathered twice as much so that on the seventh day, you are working from rest. You're already working from the work that you've completed on day six. And so bread started to fall from heaven. People had no idea what it was. So they went and grabbed a bit of these wafers that was falling from heaven and um, and in the language um, that they were speaking at the time the, the, they, they picked it up and they said manna manna means what is it um, and so the food began to be called manna that's a great name for a piece of bread isn't it manna what is this well that's what we'll call it we'll call it manna and so the manna began to rain on day one to six and on the sixth day it rained twice as much and on the seventh day it did not rain so a lot of people said, oh, do you know what? It's day seven. It's not rained any bread. Um, maybe we'll just take a walk. Maybe there's other cities, other towns, villages where bread has rained. So some people went on an expedition and uh, God said to them, hey, did I not tell you that the Sabbath is my gift to you? I told you that on the seventh day, you don't have to do any work because on the sixth day, I have already provided for you on the seventh day. 
on the 12th, uh, on, the, uh, on the 18th of August uh, 2012. I got married. On the 18th of August 2012, I got married. And uh, as I was standing there, Reshmi, my wife, came down the aisle and there were lights in the room, just like there are lights here. And some light, I'm sure, fell on her as she was walking down the aisle, beautifully dressed in her wedding outfit. Um, and they, there was a shadow cast onto the floor, just like the shadow around you. You can see that there's shadows around you because there are lights in this room. Can I tell you that the shadow is not the reality? The shadow points to the fact that there is a reality elsewhere. As you look around, you can find the shadow of your feet. And the reason the shadow exists is because the shadow is pointing to the fact that feet exist. If you put your hands out like this, you'll find that there's a shadow of your arm that falls onto the ground. The shadow points to to the fact that an arm exists somewhere. And the Bible says that everything in the old covenant is a shadow. It points to another reality. And the reason Jesus, the reason God had a day of rest, a day of Shabbat, a day of complete work, a day when you worked from rest rather than working towards rest, is because it was pointing to a day when we would come where Sabbath, where your rest will no longer be a 24-hour period, your rest will would become a person. And who know who that person is? His name is Jesus. In the fullness of time, God sent his son to die on a cross in your place and my place. All your sin, all your sickness, all your shame, all your curse, all your condemnation, all the records that stood against you were put on him. He died a horrible bled, death. Seven different times in the gospels, it says he bled. He bled from his hands when his hands were nailed. He bled from his feet when his feet were nailed. He bled from his back when his back was whipped. He bled from his side when his side was pierced. He bled from his skin in the garden of Gethsemane because stress got to him that he began to sweat blood. He bled from his face when they pulled his beard. He bled from his head when a crown of thorns was, was nailed, was hammered into his skull. And after he had bled and he had bled everything in his body, he breathed his last, gave up his life. He was then put inside a Roman tomb behind a Roman stone and a Roman seal. Three days later, the Bible says, God raised him from the dead. And 40 days later, he, re he went up to heaven and there was a gift of the third person in the Trinity called the person of the Holy Spirit that was given to the church. Now you and I, every person that has put their faith in Jesus Christ, you were also included in his death, included in his burial, included in his resurrection. More importantly, included in being called seated with Christ in heavenly places. So now your rest is not a Monday, it's not a Tuesday, it's not a Wednesday, it's not a Thursday, it's not a Friday, it's not a Saturday, it's not a Sunday, it's not even a day. Your rest is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. And because of him, you have entered your Sabbath. You have entered your rest. You are now in rest because everything needed for your life and godliness, the Bible says, has been provided through the knowledge of of Jesus Christ. Everything you need for life and godliness has been provided for you in Jesus Christ. So when you put your faith in Jesus, when you become a son of Abraham, when you become a daughter of Abraham, that's your nickname if you have faith, when you become a son of Abraham or a daughter of Abraham, when you become faith, you are not just walking into a day called Sabbath, you are walking into a person who is your rest. He is Jesus. That is why you can access him on a Monday morning the same way you can access 
him on a Tuesday evening. That's why when you come together on a Sunday morning like this, the presence of Jesus is here. But tomorrow when you turn up and you meet the boss that you don't like, Jesus is there. His rest is there. When you go on a Wednesday and you're driving down the A14 and somebody cuts you off and you are mad at the traffic, Jesus is there. Because at any time, at any place, at any moment, you can access rest because rest is no longer time. Rest is a person. His name is Jesus. And if you put your faith in Jesus, you have entered your rest. Now, if you have entered your rest and you are a person of faith, there are certain benefits that come your way. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. All of this was just me laying some foundation so you understand what the Sabbath is, so you understand what it means to be a daughter of Abraham. And if you are a person who has put your faith in Jesus, you have certain benefits. Do you know that the truth does not set you free? Many people say that the truth sets you free. The truth does not set you free. The Bible does not say that the truth sets you free. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So it's only known truth that sets you free. If you don't know certain truths, you cannot manifest its freedom. We have read many, many stories in history books of people who have lived through wars and they have gone and hidden in remote places, in caves, made houses in mountains. And the war has finished and they're still hiding, hoping that they will not be caught by the enemy. The war has finished. The whole world has moved on. And people go on expeditions and find people hiding in caves and hiding in houses and mountains because they are still afraid that the enemy will capture them. Why? Because they think a war is still on. The news that the war is over has not caught up with them. And if you don't know that the war is over, you also live your life living in fear of what the enemy is going to do to you. Can I just say to you, do not be a follower of Jesus Christ that looks for the enemy under every nook and corner and cranny. The enemy is not responsible for your toast being burned this morning. You just got to put a timer on and make sure that you get your toast out at the proper time out of the toaster. You don't need to pray in tongues. You don't need to put worship music on. Next time, just use a timer. Some people are so used to blaming the devil for everything that's going on in your life. I'm here to announce to you that as a result of Jesus' death and burial and resurrection, the war is over. You don't have to fear the enemy. You don't have to go every day thinking, oh God, what is the devil going to do in my life? The war is over. But if you don't know the war is over, the truth you do not know will not set you free. And you need to know as a son of Abraham, as a daughter of Abraham, there are certain benefits you have. And if you are not aware of those benefits, they will not manifest in your life because only the truth you are aware of shows up in your life. The truth you are aware of has to become your meditation and whatever is your meditation has to become your confession because your life Life is traveling in the direction of your meditation and your confession. Your life is traveling in the direction of your strongest thoughts and your strongest confessions. So if you're confessing all the time, I'm good for nothing, 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 I'm good for nothing. Guess what? That is
is the direction your life is traveling. But Jesus says to you, you are a child of God. You are forgiven. You are healed. You are whole. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If that becomes your meditation and your confession, your life begins to travel in the direction of your revelation, which becomes your meditation, which has to become your confession. And as a child of faith, as a daughter of Abraham, as a son of Abraham, there are certain benefits that are attached to this, that if you don't know about it, it will not manifest. And it's not just important that you know about it. What is your revelation has to become your meditation. And what is your meditation has to become your confession. And you have to start sowing seed and taking risks and taking faith in that direction so that these truths become your reality. How many of you have ever received a gift card, a voucher, a coupon, and you've stuck it away in a safe place and you find it a few months later and you've realized it's expired? Has he ever done that? I've done that quite a few times. Why? Because any coupon in your pocket, if not exchanged, has no value. Did you know that money has no value unless it's exchanged? You can't eat money, but you can exchange money for food. You can't wear money, but you can exchange money for clothes. You can't, you can't drive money, but you can exchange money for a car. In the same way, faith needs to be exchanged. Faith is the currency with which you tap into everything that is already yours, that is already yours in Christ Jesus. But many of us don't see the manifestation of everything that's already been paid for because you don't use the currency that is in your pocket and exchange it and you wonder what's going wrong and you think there's nothing wrong with the church, there's something wrong with the Bible, there's something wrong with the pastor, I'm not sure. This has not been my experience. I don't know why it's not working. Listen, it won't work if the voucher remains in your pocket. The only way the voucher can work is if you take the voucher, go up to the shop, exchange it and receive what the voucher is worth. And I want to tell you there is a voucher in your pocket. It is called the blood of Jesus Christ. The price for everything needed for your life is already been paid in full. And if you will apply faith to exchange it, then everything that you need for your life becomes a manifestation in your life. So are you ready? You want to hear the benefits of people who are children of faith. Number one, if you are a person who is a daughter of Abraham, a son of Abraham, if you are a person of faith, number one, things that have existed for years can change in a moment. Things that have existed for years can change in a moment. This woman was bent down over, bent over backwards for not 18 days, not 18 weeks, not 18 months, 18 years. What was that life like? How did she get through the day? How did she eat breakfast? How did she go to the shop? How did she, just, how did she dress herself? How did she even function in a community? And Jesus doesn't come up to her and say, hey, um, look, the problem has existed for 18 years. So um, I'm, here to know, I'm here to let you know it's, it's going to be a long road to recovery. It's going to take a while now because it's existed for a while. 
And some of you are followers of Jesus Christ and the devil has lied to your mind that there are conditions in your life, addictions in your life, patterns in your life that has existed for a long time. And you think because it's existed for a long time, it's going to take a long time to get you out of it. The reason you're thinking that way is because you are not aware of your Sabbath. You are not aware of your rest. You are not manifesting the revelation of rest. The fact that if this woman could walk into a Sabbath day and be healed under the old covenant, you and I here not today in a synagogue where people had to bring the blood of goats and bulls and turtle doves. We are here today by the blood of Jesus. You have entered your Sabbath and it doesn't matter how long a condition, an addiction, a pattern has existed in your life. If you have faith today, however long it has existed, it can change in a moment. Jesus is your rest. He's your rest. He's your rest. And some of you walked in here today thinking, man, there's no hope for me. It's been the same thing year after year. It's been the same mindset year after year. It's been the same struggle year after year. Come on, why don't you release faith and believe today that today is going to be different. This season is going to be different. 2021 is going to be different. You're not going to finish this year the same way you have finished every year because you're going to walk in the revelation, the meditation, the confession of your rest and your rest is Jesus Christ. Number two. When you have entered rest, when you are walking by faith, if you are a son of Abraham or a daughter of Abraham, number two, you are referred to by your identity, never by your condition. You are referred to by your identity, never by your condition. You see, if you couldn't see for a day, people don't call you a blind man or a blind woman. But if you can't see for five days, ten days, maybe two years, three years, guess what? People begin to label you on the basis of, a confu- of, your, of, your, of, your, of your condition. The blind man. The lame man. The bent over woman. The disabled woman. The unfortunate woman. The drama queen. You know what he's like. Have you ever heard those words? You know what she's like. Oh, here's the worst one. You know what I'm like. Because you have labeled your condition based on, you've labeled yourself based on your condition, your identity. Jesus looks at her before she's healed, not after she's healed, looks at her before she's healed and says, as a daughter of Abraham, he doesn't refer to her on the basis of a condition. He refers to her on the basis of her identity. I want to say to you today, you may have failed in your life. God calls you a child of God. You may be sitting here today depressed. God calls you a child of God. You may be sitting here today sick in your body and full of pain. God calls you a child of God. You may be sitting here today with no faith in your heart. God calls you a child of God. You may be sitting here thinking, man, so many people are publicly aware of my condition. God calls you a child of God. Only the God of the Bible will come and bring value and worth and significance where value and worth and significance has been eroded and taken away from people. The God of the Bible wants to give you value, wants to give you worth, wants to lift you up. And he calls you by your identity. And today I want to challenge your thinking, challenge your mind. If you're saying to yourself, I'm always the forgetful person. I'm always the unfortunate person. I'm always the one that gets rejected. I'm the one that always gets left out. I'm the one that, listen, 
whatever your meditation is that is what you will attract and so to counteract that you then try and build walls you then try and do things you try and control you try and manipulate you try and do things in order to make sure that the same things don't happen again guess what you attract more of the same people will reject you people will leave you people want nothing to do with you because you are trying to control it but let go of all control today and hear the words of god speaking to you and saying hey you are not your past you are not your addiction you are not your bent back you are not your condition you are a child of god if you are a person of faith a son of abraham a daughter of abraham you are referred to by your identity but not by your bent back number 3 if you are a son of abraham a daughter of abraham if you are a child of god a child of faith you are also then publicly defended publicly defended i can always tell by the revelation of christ in you or the revelation of christ in me by by the way you are eager to tell people what's happening in your life do you see this woman defending herself when the leader of the synagogue stands up and says hey there's 6 days to get healed come on any one of those days today is the sabbath don't come on the sabbath to get healed the bible says jesus immediately stood up and defended her and said hey you hypocrites should not this daughter of abraham be healed on the sabbath can i give you a little secret when you're going through life and life doesn't make sense and things are happening out of the box because up until that day nobody had seen healing on a sabbath and some of you are here today and the way your life is going does not have a reference point people's life don't turn out the way your life is turning out and sometimes you have such temptation to tell people hey god is doing something in my life i just want to let you know god gave me a word i just want to let you know i really feel god's going to do this next day in my life i really feel god's going to do this what are you trying to do sometimes all you're trying to do is to defend your reputation because you don't want people to think you are crazy can i say something to you here's a little secret the people who love you don't need an explanation and the people who don't love you won't believe your explanation anyway that's free of charge free advice take it from me the people who love you don't need an explanation and the people who don't love you won't believe your explanation anyway so you would have wasted all of that time and energy explaining to people what god is doing in your life because they think you're weird because you're feeling weird because you're being healed on a sabbath and things are happening in your life that doesn't usually happen you're trying to say hey, hey listen i just want to let you know the reason this is happening is because god is doing this and then i got this word and this is what i feel god is doing and hey listen everybody who loves you doesn't need that explanation all the people who love you don't love you listening to that explanation going what a nutcase this person has no idea what's happening in his life so learn to shut up walk away and allow jesus to be your defender your defense your high priest the person who brings you worth value significance jesus is your rest he's your rest he's your rest he is your sabbath he is your shabbat you have entered the rest jesus stands up and defends her honor hey you hypocrites <laughs> should not this daughter of abraham be set free on the sabbath day if you've got an ox at home will you not untie it and take it to the water to have a drink should not this daughter of abraham be set free on this sabbath 
The next benefit you have as a child of God, remember, all of these are benefits. These benefits don't just manifest. These benefits have to be meditated upon. They have to become your confession, and you have to take steps of faith, risk to make sure that you live in the light of this revelation. Just like if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the moment you became a follower of Jesus Christ, what did you do? You became aware that Jesus had forgiven your sins. It became your meditation. You confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. You didn't just wait there to say, God is going to do it. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. No, it requires you to move and take a risk in the direction of your internal conviction. That's why baptism is so important, because you're moving in the direction of your internal conviction. Here is the next benefit. When you are a child of God, when you are a daughter of Abraham, when you are a son of Abraham, um, God looks at your condition not as a major thing that needs fixing. Let me explain this to you. Many people who grow up in the West, especially here in Europe, uh, may not have this concept, but I remember watching it as, uh, as, as a boy growing up in the East. I grew up, I spent uh, most of my childhood either in India or in Africa, and it would be common practice for little boys, small boys, six, seven, eight years old, to untie an ox and take it to water. I mean, my dad and mom, my dad especially, grew up doing that. It was just one of those things you did. It's just, it's like, uh, it's the equivalent of, of, of a parent saying to a child today, hey, uh, clean your room or do the dishes, because it was just considered a simple task. I am blown away that Jesus looks at a woman that Satan has bound for 18 years and equates that to a simple task like untying an ox. That's how simple it is for him. Why is that important? It's important because you and I, sometimes when we don't have faith, we say things like this, oh, he's in a lot of trouble. God needs to do a major work on his life. Does he? Who told you that? Oh, he, he's, he's, oh, God's got to come through in his life in a big way, in her life in a big way, because if God doesn't do a big work, it's not going to happen. Listen, there are many times in the Gospels, Jesus confronted demons. There are many times in the Gospels, Jesus confronted evil spirits. But this case, Jesus is neither confronting demons nor evil spirits. Jesus is confronting Satan himself. Jesus says, ought not this woman whom Satan has bound for 18 years. And for Jesus, dealing with Satan that has caused a problem for 18 years is as simple as untying an ox. Even a six-year-old boy can do it. Can I tell you, you and I have no idea of the authority that is on the inside of you. You have no idea. It doesn't matter whether you know the Bible in Greek, the Bible in Hebrew, the Bible in Latin. You have every version right now in the Bible from NIV to ESV to ABC to XYZ. It doesn't matter whether you know from Genesis to Revelation, Revelation back to Genesis, how much of the Bible you know or how little of the Bible you know. What matters is that you are convinced that you are a child of God. And if 
if you are convinced that you are a child of God, you can be in a place where you are bound or you meet a situation where Satan himself has bound that situation for 18 years and you have the authority to untie it, to bring solution to it, to bring freedom to it. I'm not saying reading the Bible is not important. I love the Bible. The reading the Bible is important. But reading the Bible is not the end goal. The end goal is that as you read the Bible, you fall in love with the person who has called you and you realize that you are also a child of God and you will go this week, this month, face situations that have previously previously crippled you with fear. You can't even face that situation. Come on, you know what that is. You know the thing that you just bury your head in the sand and you're hoping it will go away. You're praying it will go away. And God has told you many times, hey, rather than pray it away and hope it away, why don't you stand up as a child of God and confront it? Have that conversation. Forgive that person. Make that phone call. Start that business. Join that venture. Join that course. Join college. Make sure you put yourself out there. Try a relationship again. Try church again. Get baptized. Be filled with the Spirit read the Bible start tithing and when you read all these things and you imagine all these things you think it is a mountain it's too big I can't handle it it's too big for me one day when I become a giant of the faith I will start getting baptized one day when I become a giant of the faith and I know the Bible I will tithe one day become a giant of the faith I will invite a friend to the church God is not waiting for you to become a giant you have already become a child of God move in your authority stand up in your identity deal with the things God is calling you to deal you have it in you it is as simple as untying an ox it is as simple as an untying an ox and the Bible says Jesus says and leading it to water don't quote me on this I don't know who said this but I think it was C.S. Lewis I can't remember who said thirst exists because water exists Thirst exists because water exists. I can't quite remember who said it. In other words, you can't be thirsty if there wasn't water. And in the scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, God created water before he created thirst. And everything that you need already exists All you need to know is how to untie yourself, wiggle yourself out of the things that have tied you down and go to water. Can I just say to you, if you are sick today, I want to tell you healing exists. If you are depressed today, I want to say to you, joy exists. If you have no peace in your mind, I want to say to you, peace and rest exists. If you have no worth, value or significance in your life, there is worth and value to be found in Jesus. And if you will learn to untie yourself, when Jesus comes, when you enter your Sabbath, when you are a child of God, a person of faith, a son of Abraham, a daughter of Abraham, it's not just that God wants to untie you from something, but he wants to lead you to something else. It is not just the freedom of your addiction that God is interested in, but as you are set free from addiction, God wants you to enjoy the fullness of life. God wants you to enjoy the water that he provides. And today I want to say to you, one of the benefits you have as a child of God is not just to 
let yourself free, wiggle yourself free, untie yourself from the things that have tangled you. But God is giving you an invitation and says, come to me, all those who are thirsty, and I will give you water to drink. You don't have to live another day thirsting and hoping who is going to quench my thirst. There is water available to drink, not just for you to live bound and frayed and depressed the rest of your life. Not only is there going to be freedom, but there's going to be life. Why is that important? It's important because some of us are afraid to be free. Some of us are afraid to be free because what would freedom look like? Because right up until now, people have been giving you sympathy based on the fact that you were bound. Now, if you're no longer bound, people can't give you the sympathy on the basis of your condition. Up until now, people were sorry for you because you had a bent back and people were kind and people noticed you. Now, if you no longer have that, people will no longer notice you, give you the time of day or give you the attention you previously had. Can I encourage you? I want to set you free from the fear of living a life that has called you to live because you will always be crippled by, hey, if I let go of this, what is next for me? I I know I've got to let go, but if I let go, what's next? You will never know what is next until you let go. So let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Forgive. 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 Let go. Let go. Let it go. Forgive. Let go. Untie yourself. Don't live another day bound by what Christ has already paid to set you free. He says, hey, will not you, if you had an ox at home, Untie itself, untie the ox, and lead it to water for a drink. And everybody in the, in, in the, in the day that the story was being spoken will know exactly what this picture is. Like I said, I grew up watching this picture. I grew up at one point, we had, um, at one point, we used to live, I used to live with my, my grandfather and grandmother, and um, um, we had at one point four, four cows at home, and some of them were oxen, and, and we knew what that meant. We knew what it meant to give oxen drink. We knew what it meant to, meant to give cows drink, because the only reason you gave oxen drink, the only reason you took care of oxen, because the oxen were used to plow the ground. They were used to doing work for you. They would till the ground back in the day. There were no tractors. Back in the day, there weren't uh, uh, things that uh, we see today with technology and all these sophisticated machines that are used for farming. Back in the day, the only piece of technology you had if you were a farmer and if your livelihood depended on it was that you had oxen. So what Jesus is saying is, it's not just that I want to free you it's not just that I want to feed you, but I want to use you. I want to use you. I want to use you. Your life is going to be used by God. Your life is going to make a difference in this world before you check out. Your life matters, but it will not you won't see it making a difference if you're bound. You've entered the Sabbath, but you're bound. You've entered the Sabbath, but you hold on to your story. You've entered the Sabbath, and the one thing God has told you to let go and walk away from, you walk back to it, and you wonder why you're not being used. The one thing God has said, hey, 
Let me untie you. Let me set you free. No condemnation. I told you Jesus was the greatest empower of women known in history. At a time where people, I mean, even his own followers at one time were so amazed that he was talking to a Samaritan woman. They were wondering, well, what's Jesus doing talking to women? Jesus broke every barrier, every stereotypical barrier around women that we ever knew. And he says to you, did you know, no matter how long the condition has existed, today can be a day of freedom. Did you know that one of the benefits is that you are not defined by your condition, you are defined by your identity? Did you know that it's not a big job for me that I can do it? Did you know that I will defend your freedom publicly and you don't have to go around telling everybody why you're not a weird person because you are now a child of God and if the king of the universe has decided to fall in love with you, it doesn't matter who hates you. He loves you unconditionally without regret, shame. Any day of the, any moment, he loves you. Did you know that's the benefit? Did you know that I want to lead you from being tied to a place where you can drink water, where I can quench the thirst in your heart and did you know that I want to prepare you for service? Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that that is what it means to be a child of God? Did you know that that is why one of the wisest decisions you have made this week is to come here and be in church? Because you could have sat at home and watched a sermon on YouTube. There isn't the difference between a sermon on YouTube and the difference between coming to church is this. When you come to church, the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is. So when you come to church, you don't get a sermon. You get a now word from a now God into a now moment. And that is why you come here and think, man, that is speaking right to me that has touched a nerve that looks like just like me why, why is that because in the gathered in the gathered corporate gathering of the people of God there is a sense of the presence of God and when the presence of God is there the word of God is being released and when the word of God is being released something begins to happen in your life today God looks at you and says son daughter you're free you're free. You're free. Yeah, no, but I've been bent for 18. No, you're free. No, but I can't stand up. You're free. I want to tell you the story of the people who made fun of me when I was bent over back. You're free. I have no idea how much I struggled to get to the show. You're free. Let go of your story. There's a greater story here. His name is Jesus. He is your Sabbath. He is your rest. He is your resting place. Everything needed for life and godliness has been given to you. Exodus chapter 16, God speaks to the Israelites who on the seventh day went out searching for manna, went out searching for manna. And that's what we do sometimes, you see. We, we, we start looking, we start looking, we start looking for action because unless we find action, we can't rest. Unless we find the next new thing, we can't rest because we, we're hoping that God will do something instead of realizing God has done it. God's done it. God's done it. He's done it. But why, why am I not enjoying it? Because you're in control. Your emotions are in control. What people think about you is in control. How you are viewed by society is in control. Your past memories are in control. What can I do? I'm glad you asked. Trust Him. Trust Him.
But that's not complicated. It's not meant to be. Trust Him. He is your Sabbath. He is your rest. He is your healing. He is the lifter of your head. He is the bringer of value and worth. I want to say a special word to women. If you're watching me online, or you're going to be receiving this broadcast later, or you are here today, if as a woman you've been devalued by society, by leaders, by your parents, by your father, by your teacher, by abuse, by rejection, by divorce, by brokenness, by debt, by disease, whatever has crippled your life, today Jesus says to you, stand up. You have value, you have worth, you have significance, you are loved, you are not rejected, you are accepted in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, you are accepted. He is the lifter of your heads. Ought not this woman who has been bound by Satan for 18 years be set free on the Sabbath? For a moment of concentration and privacy, close your eyes with me. As we wrap up this series, I want to encourage you. If you're writing notes, take these four steps. Number one, your revelation. Number two, your meditation, what you think about. Number three, your confession, what you talk about. And number four, your risk, your faith. As I mentioned earlier, today is the last day to get involved in the faith offering. Why don't you take a risk? Often you're in control and you're wondering why it's not working. You're often bound and you're wondering where's the water. But the water will only be experienced if you, if you untie yourself and go and drink. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Faith does not work without revelation. Faith does not work without meditation. Faith does not work without confession. And faith does not work without taking a risk. What is it that the Holy Spirit wants you to do today? For some of you, He wants you to have a fresh revelation. For some of you, He wants you to change your meditation. For some of you, He wants you to change your confession. For some of you, He wants you to take a step of faith, sow a seed, forgive the person, let go, lose control. He wants to lift your head, bring you value, bring you worth, bring you significance. And He wants to use you. Today, if you're here today and you say, God, I want you to use me. I want to pray for you. Back in the day, that's what oxen did. They brought value to the family business. Did you know you're in the family business and the kingdom of God? The reason you are here today is so that through your life, somebody else's life can be touched. That can be through serving on a team here at church. That can be through bringing your finances so that the work of God can be strengthened. That can be so that you can pray and intercede and bring change. That can be so that you can bring your praise and your worship. You say, oh man, but I've got issues in my life. God wants to use you. Oh, but I've got fear in my life. God wants to use you. Yeah, but I've got so many doubts in my life. God wants to use you. Yeah, but I don't think I'm good enough. God wants to use you. I've messed up too many times. God wants to use you. 
Oh, there's things in my life that need to get fixed and one day I'm going to be spiritually strong and once I've fixed it, I'll trust God. No, no, God wants you to use you today, 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 right now, today, 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 today. The Bible says today if you hear His word, don't harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. As we finish this series on faith, I have a request. Will you join in the work that God has for you? Will you play your part? Will you make a difference? Will you step out and be counted? Will you stop letting control take over your life and give up your control to God and trust Him and trust the choices He has for your life so that you can enjoy the water that He wants to bring so that you can drink from it? Today, will you not say to Him, God, use me above and beyond my wildest dreams? Use me above and beyond my wildest dreams. He wants to do that for you. We're going to stand up and sing a song in a moment. So if you're able to all over this place, physically able to, may I encourage you to stand. And I'm going to pray for you. Stand if you're able to now. And if you're saying, God, I want to use me. Whatever way you want to respond, you can. But one of the ways the Bible says, is I don't quite understand it, but the Bible says our hands are holy. Just like the Sabbath is holy, that it's been set apart, the Bible says our hands are holy. And so one of the things the Bible says is that when we come together in the presence of God, it tells us to lift up holy hands. I don't quite understand it, but it's one of the practices that we do when we encounter the presence of God. We lift up our hands. So if you're able to lift up your hands towards God, they're holy hands. Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in his holy place and bless the Lord. Father, we lift our hands as, a, as, a, as an act of surrender. We lift our hands as an act of worship. We lift our hands as an act of saying, we're not in control, you are. And we pray, God, use us. Use us in spite of our conditions. Use us in spite of our doubts. Use us in spite of all of the wrongdoings in our life. Use us in spite of how little faith we feel. Now, ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, what is my next step? For some of you, it'll be to get baptized. For some of you, it'll be to make that phone call and forgive that person. For some of you, it'll be to start tithing because you're so in control of your finances of allowing God to be in control. For some of you, it'll be to trust that God's instruction to you is good, that if you will obey it, you will be led to water. And the instruction has come again and again and again, but you've taken back control again and again and again. Holy Spirit, come now. Talk to us, fill us, break every addiction, break every barrier, anything 
that Satan has done in our lives, it stops today. If you are in a family bubble and you have a lady next to you, a woman, a girl, I want you to lay your hands on them. Just put your hand on their shoulder. We're going to pray for women this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak that our church will be the greatest community in and around East Anglia that is empowering women, lifting up women, that women who have been abused, abandoned, rejected and dejected will come into this house and find healing, will find hope, will find value, will find worth, will find significance. And we reject the narrative that women are just pieces of equipment to be used. We reject the narrative that they deserve to be abused. We reject the narrative that they are not good enough. We reject the narrative that they don't belong in places where decisions need to be made. We reject the narrative that they're not fit enough to lead and fit enough to preach. We reject the narrative that women will always be second. We reject every word spoken by every father figure, every mother figure, every teacher figure and we declare in Jesus' name thank you that you were the greatest liberator of women ever known to man and I pray today wounds of rejection be healed. Wounds of abuse be healed. People who have gone through abuse and rape and horrific situations. I want to say to you as your pastor, that was not right. That was evil. It is not God's design. That was not God. That was not God. That was not God. That was Satan and it is not right. And today we draw a line in the sand and say women will rise in this church. Women will rise in this community. Women will rise in this house. Our daughters will feel safe in this house. Our wives and our spouses will feel safe in this house and daughters will lead and daughters will preach and daughters will give and daughters will serve and Satan if you have been bound, if you've been using women to be bound in their condition and in their identity, we declare today you are loosed, you are loosed, you are loosed, you are loosed, you are loosed. We speak freedom, we speak freedom, we speak freedom in Jesus name and Lord we pray you use us fill us now with the Holy Spirit we're going to play a song right now keep remaining in that moment in that mode of focusing on the presence of God as the song comes as I said if you're able to sing behind a mask and as we release faith we're going to declare and believe that today there will be freedom in this house like never before. Freedom in this house like never before.